Thanks, Eileen. Thank you very much. It's the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Enjoy the show. Thanks, Neil. Good afternoon on this Thursday afternoon. How are you? 5155 on ray at rte.ie. It's all the talk about the weather, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if you were watching the weather forecast last night with Jerry Murphy and he was doing the temperatures from all over, the, all over Europe um, talking about the, uh, the highs and he was going Madrid, 39 degrees, Rome, 27 degrees, Paris, 34 degrees, Berlin, 28 degrees, London, 26 degrees, Gortine, 20 degrees. <laughs> uh, and uh, Chairman of Sligo Tourism, Alan Gray then tweeted... Up Gortinia Baya, right bang in there with the cosmopolitans of Europe, only in Ireland. And of course, was it his Gortine? Or was it the Offaly Gortine? Or was it the Tyrone Gortine? Or the Galway Gortine? Or the Fermanagh Gortine? As it happens, it's the Tipperary Gortine. There's an automated weather station in Gortine. It's been there since 2008. It's down near Mullinahone close to the Tipperary Kilkenny border and that's where they got the 20 degrees temperature that was up there with the greats of Europe Madrid, Rome, Paris, Berlin, London Gortine uh, so everybody's been claiming that it's their Gortine a bit like that you know the scene that famous scene from the 1960 movie Stanley Kubrick uh, Kirk Douglas and um, Tony Curtis and they're all slaves and the Roman army are going you can be free you're all free if we can get the man who is Spartacus and then Kirk Douglas stands up and he's about to say I'm Spartacus it's my Gertine I'm Spartacus 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 I'm Spartacus. They were all Spartacus. And of course, nobody and everybody was Spartacus. So, Gertine is the Tipperary one. That's the official line anyway. Sorry to all the other pretenders to the throne uh, of the 20 degrees. Uh, today on the show, Laura DeBar is going to be here. Uh, we always get a huge response to Laura. She's the gaff goddess. Uh, she's written the book, Decor Galore. She has the most ingenious solutions to your DIY problems. And if you have a bit of mould somewhere or you have a bad smell somewhere or whatever... Uh, Laura has a solution and she delivers it in a very accessible way and it's all very doable and she has loads of videos up on Instagram and TikTok as well. Anyway, she's coming in after four o'clock. If you have any specific questions for her, um, uh, ray at rte.ie, ray at rte.ie. Also, Michael Fortune is back in today. Um, we speak to Michael regularly enough. He's a folklorist and today he's going to be talking to us about bedtime stories. He has three children. And what he has done is he recorded himself telling them stories. So he's clocked up 100 stories um, and they're up on his YouTube channel. Um, so we're going to be talking to him about that. And, and, and while we're doing that, it'd be interesting to hear from you. What's your memories of bedtime stories, whether as a parent or as a child? We did a little straw poll around the office. Roisin, um, her, she's producing today, by the way. Uh, her parents read her the Ladybird book, Bunny's first birthday and that accounts for her social nature she loves getting dressed up and going to a party because she was brought up on a diet of Bunny's first birthday um, Jen read stories to her parents instead wow that was role reversal she read The Gingerbread Man Neil uh, his dad made up stories uh, one of them was Scratcher the Mouse and another one was Sniffer the Dog and Connor his brother would tell him stories about Sleepy O'Hara there were nine of us there was no time for bedtime stories <laughs> 
<laughs> that was just a luxury too far. But anyway, share them with us, Ray at RTE.ie or 51551. The other thing we have on today, we, we've Dr. Emily Crofton on, and she's a sensory scientist with Chogosk. Uh, and they have done research on the effect that COVID has had on some people's sense of smell. And this is a story you've been hearing right from the start. Uh, so they've done research on that. So she'll be coming in um, along with uh, Declan Cassidy. And Declan is suffering uh, anosmia. Uh, that's when you lose your sense of smell, and we'd be talking about that. And if you again, if 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 you uh, want to ask uh, Emily any questions, or you want to share your experience of suffering a loss of smell because of COVID, uh, Ray at rte.ie, we would love to hear from you. Congratulations to Claudia McKenna. Uh, she won that Cooking with the Stars show on ITV. Um, she was mentoring Dr. Ranj Singh. Um, I don't know if you saw any of it. I, I watched a bit of it. It was sort of like MasterChef meets Afternoon Telly meets Dancing with the Stars meets X Factor. Uh, it was sort of all over the place a bit. Anyway, Cloda won it and well done, Cloda. Uh, that's brilliant. Uh, still on telly, Aidan Gillen has been spotted wearing a bulletproof vest walking around Balls Bridge with a coat on. You see, everyone's going, he's wearing a bulletproof vest. And I said, he's wearing a coat. It's 22 degrees. What's he wearing a coat for? He's acting, of course, because Kin will return to RT in the autumn and, and they're shooting season two. So that's why Aidan Gillen is in a bulletproof vest and uh, ill-appropriately uh, attired for the weather we're having. We were talking a lot and everyone was talking a lot uh, this week about the James Webb Space Telescope. Um, if, you, if, if you're interested to find out more, Horizon Tonight on BBC Two um, have I think it's an hour long Horizon special Super Telescope Mission to the Edge of the Universe uh, provides viewers with an inside perspective into how the telescope was designed and built and the challenges faced by those who participated in the project and I've uh, pressed record on that so even if I don't remember to watch it tonight it'll be there for me whenever I have time uh, I see Netflix are teaming up you, you heard this already they're teaming up with Microsoft um, to have ads on Netflix. Of course, that was one of the big attractions, wasn't it, of the streaming services, that there were no ads. Now there will be ads. Um, their stock price, uh, their share price, I should say, went down 70% uh, this year. So it's not working out for them. There are so many streaming services now uh, that they have to find another income stream. Uh, that's an intended pun. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm fascinated to see how, how, how it'll all pan out for everybody, including us here in RTE. Um, just while we're on that tech thing uh, Hurdle was a thing that I enjoy doing I know a lot of people do Wordle uh, I do Wordle and Hurdle and Facedle and if there's any other dills I should know about please let me know uh, anyway uh, Hurdle is the one where it's beat the intro uh, so they play a, a second of a song and you try and guess what it is and then they give you up to 16 seconds before um, they, they, you're out of it so you have six guesses anyway Spotify have bought Hurdle we know that uh, Josh Wardle who invented Wordle I just love saying that because of Wardle and Wardle. Uh, he got a six-figure sum, sorry, seven-figure sum for um, uh, Wardle. Uh, I wonder how the people, how much the people who invented Hurdle got from Spotify because Spotify have deep pockets. Anyway, it's there now. It's on Spotify and you can click onto the song and hear it in its entirety when you do the, the beat the intro part of it. I spotted this. This is, this is fascinating. I love stories like this. The Royal Scottish Academy in Edinburgh, um, uh, experts were doing a routine conservation x-ray of a Van Gogh, Van Gogh, Van Gogh, whatever you have in yourself, painting called The Head of a Peasant Woman. It's a head of an exhibition, uh, an exhibition of, uh, I think, Van Gogh paintings, obviously. And they found that on the back of the canvas was a self-portrait 
um, this is amazing because they were just doing an x-ray and they thought, what's that? And there was a shadowy thing and then when they looked more closely, there it was, Van Gogh's head, Van Gogh's head staring back out at them. Uh, and uh, they discovered that when he was changing his painting style, that uh, to experiment on what would work, he did self-portraits. There are a number of them around the place, uh, most of them in the Van Gogh Museum in the Netherlands. Uh, but this this one, he obviously tried it out, uh, looked around his studio one day, was running out of canvas, just flipped it over and painted the head of a peasant woman on the other side. Isn't that amazing? So this is... Uh, it's over 100 years old, never been seen before. Uh, wh- what a discovery if you were just there going into work of, a, of, a, of a, an average day. <laughs> Mary, quick, have a look at this. Have a look at this. Look what I've spotted. And then you'd be pinching yourself and going, that, that's, that's not for real. And you'd be calling everybody in to have a look. Uh, that's great stuff. 51551 radar When Monty Python, Life of Brian copied the I'm Spartacus line, I'm Brian, no, I'm Brian, I'm Brian. And so is wife. Uh, now, you see, I'm not a... I'm a Monty Python fan, but I'm not, I don't know it off by heart. So I don't know, I don't really know the reference there. I do a different accent for each character in books when I read to my son. He must pay the price for my acting career, which never happened. Uh, One man audience. He likes it though. It's all good. You see, that's great that you can do that. And Jenny, my wife, she's bringing that accents as well and and putting on voices. And and I'm not great at it. You might have noticed I'm not great at doing that sort of thing. Um, So so I feel under pressure then because if Jenny does that one night and we alternate and then I'm I'm on duty the next night and I can't do it, I feel under a lot of pressure. Um, Anyway, Share your stories about telling stories. Uh, 51551 or radrt.ie. We'll tell you about our quiz momentarily. But first, this good afternoon. Brilliant. High and dry. Uh, Radiohead from their album, The Benz, from 1995, 27 years ago. Uh, There's Fact Array, trivia based game, says James. uh, More dills. There's Frasal, Quartal, Octurtle, Waffle, Worldle. Are you making them up now? All good for the grey matter, says Daria. Uh, in our house, we used to read Winnie the Pooh, a book called Cowboy Baby and a ladybird story called The Enormous Turnip. Uh, over and over on a loop. My sister's brilliant at doing uh, the Shannon Key storytelling, always entertains us with the family get-together. Um, it's mad the way sometimes stories just catch. I remember saying once we were on holidays and um, Kate would have stayed in, in the swimming pool too long and I said, if you stay there too long, you become a fish. And that became a story. And then whatever age she was at, I had to tell the same story over and over. And, I, and now thinking back, there was a message in the story that be careful what you wish for. Because the, the little girl in the story does turn into a fish. And then, of course, she misses all her family. And eventually she gets a wish to be not a fish anymore. And she turns back into a little girl. And, she, and it's all they all live happily ever after. Can't remember the details, really. And there isn't a book in it. Uh, I better tell you about our quiz. Um, yep, we're looking for two people to come on after four o'clock. Uh, to play Reeling in the Ears. Uh, three questions each uh, on bits of songs, news reports, TV shows and movies. And there is a prize. And uh, Today's lucky winner can enjoy two nights B&B and one dinner for two in one of the four-star hotels in the Inua collection. Uh, the Inua hotels include Kenny's Chic, Hibernian Hotel, Dundalk's Fairways Hotel, the Tullamore Court Hotel, the Hillgrove Hotel in Monaghan and any of the Radisson Blue Hotels in Athlone, Cork, Limerick, Sligo and Gurteen. No, there's one in Gurteen. Just add that in for the crack. Uh, you can see the full array of summer offers available across the Inua collection. Uh, Inua.ie. Inua.ie. Here's your qualifying question today, this Thursday afternoon. Uh, today is July 14th, Bastille Day. What European country celebrates Bastille Day as their national day? 
which European country celebrates Bastille Day as their national day? 0818 715 925. 0818 715 925. And good luck with that. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Now, uh, one of the big things that has come out of COVID uh, is that people who got COVID, some people who got COVID, uh, have lost their sense of smell. Some of them have got it back, others have got it partly back and others haven't got it back at all. Uh, I'm joined now in studio by Dr. Emily Crofton, who's a sensory scientist with Chagask. Uh, good afternoon, Emily. Hello. Uh, and also Declan Cassidy from Tasteless Cuisine, a support group set up on Facebook for people who have suffered as a result of COVID. Uh, good afternoon, Declan. Good afternoon, Ray. Yeah. So where are you at with your, with your sense of smell? Um, well, for about a year and a half, there was nothing, neither sense of taste nor smell. But now I'm probably about 20% okay. where, um, and, and some things don't taste or smell the way they should. And then every now and again, I hit upon something that does. And I, I'm really excited by that. But uh, still, still very little, but uh, it's a start and I'm really excited. And how many are in your group, Tasteless Cuisine? <laughs> There's uh, 1,300 uh, at at this point, Um, a lot less now because at the start there was little out there or nothing Mm. out there for people. So we'll get your full story in a moment. But first Mm -hmm. to go to Emily and let's give it a a context, Emily, uh, how important your sense of smell, where it comes from, smell and taste and all the things that are going on and how COVID is affecting it. So so smell, we're, we're told continuously that mm-hmm. smell is the thing that jolts memories most. So it's, yep. a, it's one of our strongest senses, if not the strongest. Yeah, like so our sense of smell is extremely you know, important and we often don't realise just how important it is until it, it, you know, we've lost it or it's gone. So for instance, as humans, we detect um, smell through two separate systems. We, the first is through something called um, orthonasal olfaction, which allows us to detect smells from the, you know, the world around us, which are literally just sniffed up through the nostrils and our nose. And this system is really important because it allows us to detect you know, the smell and food, for example, the smell of freshly baked bread or the smell of freshly brewed um, coffee, which in turn then stimulates our appetite and increases our desire to, you know, to eat or drink. But this system is also really important because it's almost like a warning system um, of any potential dangers around you. So, for example, you know, gone off or spoiled food, um, you know, potential gas leak or, you know, smoke or fire. So that's one system. Then the second system we have um, for smell is something called a retronasal olfaction. And this is has a significant, like a really, really important impact on how we perceive um, flavour in food and drink. So when we eat food, it is completely natural for us to you know, assume as people that all the different flavour sensations we're perceiving, so chocolate, nutty, uh, strawberry, apple, um, milky, for example, are all being detected through the taste buds on our tongue. But this actually isn't the case. Our tongue has taste buds um, and receptors within those that can only detect five different sensations. Uh, Sweetness, sour, saltiness, bitter and this kind of savoury taste called umami. So if you were to hold your nose really, really tight and eat a strawberry, for instance, you will detect, uh, you know, a sweetness and a sourness depending on the, you know, the variety. But you will not be able to tell me whether that is a strawberry. Obviously, if you're blindfolded, you wouldn't be able to tell me. And that's a good experiment and people can try it at home. Um, Yeah, we often do it for Science Week, uh, you know, in Chagas and Ashtown, where we can... Hold your nose. Hold your nose and and put something like uh, an apple or a strawberry or something like that and you... You will taste a little bit of sweetness, a bit of sour, but you will not be able to. And tell then you me. release your nose, then and then you 
release the hand from the nose and all of a sudden you are you get that strawberry yes. or that fruity type so that flavour so basically we can only detect five sensations from our tongue but everything else the whole world of food our multisensory experience really comes from those sensory receptors that are activated then in our nose. So, okay. Uh, and what's the percentage? Because I've heard 70% uh, Yeah, like, I, like smell, initially when I was studying... Yeah, taste. When I was studying sensory science, that was the, it was usually 80-20. Uh, they said right. 80% okay. um, smell. smell and 20% taste. Um, now, other researchers kind of argue that because, as I said, um, I'd mentioned just before this, that we have our sense of smell, we have our sense of taste, but we also have something called, it's like um, a trigeminal nerve, which runs from the back of our eyes and around our nose and our mouth. And this um, detects like, you know, like the chilli and chilli peppers uh-huh. or the kind of, you know, the mustard, you know, the, the kind of, it's like an irritant. It's like a nerve that's irritated. So it's nearly and it can a, be pleasure it, and pain depending on how much. It's a reaction much. to a chemical, is it? Exactly. And right. it's separate to our senses of, a sense of smell and our sense of taste. But together, all three of them deliver lovely flavour perception. Sorry, sorry, Declan. This is, this is <laughs> salivating <laughs> over here. Yeah, no, this is terrible. We're talking like this and you don't have, you only have 20% of all this. Uh, okay, uh, so so that's what that's what we have if everything is working according to plan. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. And we, well, we don't, as I mentioned, we don't really realise just how important it is until, okay. it, until it's gone. And just briefly about the messaging to the brain. So so the the receptors in our tongue, uh, the, the olfactory neurons in our nose mm-hmm. and then this chemical thing yeah. in the tri, what's it trigeminal called? Nerve, trigeminal nerve, which is kind of like a chemosensory perception. So, so yeah. they're all sending their messages to the brain. To the brain, the which, brain combines it yeah. and gives us this lovely experience yeah. that we and, get. And, and then also our other senses, like our sense of sight. So of course, of course we like look we eat at with something, eyes. we yes, eat with our eyes. Guys, so we like immediately look at something and, yes. you know, we, we know whether we want to eat it or not and even our sense of touch again we don't think of it as having, of having a big impact but our skin is a huge sheet of tactile receptors that allows us to interact yes. with food and then and of course there's texture as well which is so important yes. I mean you know how juicy or tender yeah. something is crispy um, how crispy right. absolutely and even the sound so for certainly for snack products um, when you bite into a crisp you know the louder the crunch the more fresh. that's why it's called it a crisp is. I know it's, it's amazing <laughs> Do you but know again what, all when these you, senses when I'm watching when I watch a movie at home and I'm making noise eating crisps and the wife's good, I, I, I said to Jenny Jenny it's a crisp that's yeah. a, it makes noise you can't eat crisps without making noise and if it didn't make a noise you'd be disappointed. Wouldn't so be called a crisp. They wouldn't be called a crisp. No, <laughs> exactly. So let's bring you back in, Declan, then. So uh, you got COVID early on, really early on. You must yeah, have won the first, was, were you? Yeah, February. Um, I'd, I, my partner is in Germany, so I'd gone to Germany to see her because everything was locking down, but yeah. it was already uh, everywhere and we didn't know at the time. So I came back at the end of February and uh, at, the, at the time that I found I'd lost my smell and taste, uh, there was nothing really out there. It wasn't even a, a symptom. So um, it, it was it was quite difficult to yeah. find anything and, to and, understand and d- it. Did you make a connection at all between COVID and uh, yeah, the lack of smell? Yeah, yeah. I did because I'd, I'd been 10 days kind of down with a heavy bout of COVID and it was when I, I had no appetite. It was when I came out of it that I went to cook a, a healthy meal and I kept adding salt and uh, and then I had a eureka moment where I thought, no, maybe it's not, maybe it's me, not the food. Yeah. And I, I ran and used some cologne and there was absolutely zero. Okay. So uh, I know, yeah. Yeah, when we go back to that time, there was so little information about everything, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, the big scare was that it was killing people all over the world. COVID was killing people. all. That was the main concern of, of the WHO and governments and all like that. Yeah. Uh, when did you discover that there were others like you? 
Well, I, I I reached out in the Facebook group. Um, as as you said, uh, at that time there were a lot more serious issues. People were dying, so you didn't feel like complaining about not being able to taste a tomato, you know. <laughs> so um, I, I just reached out on on Facebook. Uh, I, I speak Spanish and Italian, so I found that there were groups in, in Facebook there. Um, so I set up this but it was really at that time to try and see had anyone got any ideas of what worked and it very quickly just became a support group where we all just moaned right <laughs> but, but that's important isn't it hugely important yeah. because we were locked down as well so um you know and, and as i said people were complaining about real real issues but you, but you had um, your own little safe space where you could yeah. give out and and were you putting jalapenos on your porridge? I was. <laughs> I, I found <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it, well. It's exactly as as Emily had said um, that that third element, which was the spiciness and, oh, yes. and that that was still working. So it was the only thing that was working. So if I could throw you know saltiness or sweetness or spiciness at something, it gave me something to work with. Oh. So uh, jalapenos were the main thing. The the, the thing that uh, Emily was saying as well about. You know, it's there to to help us as well to navigate the world. So if you open up the fridge and you open up your chicken thing and you get a pong, that tells you it's off. Even if the the use by date tells you that it's not. You know, if there's if if there's gas, if if you're burning something in the in the microwave or the the toast or whatever, and and of course our our own smell. Were you yeah. aware of all of these things? All, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. So, so um, I was I was showering frequently because I didn't know whether you know I I, I had a bo problem, so right. I was constantly doing that. Um, I, you know, I was thankful there was a lockdown because I couldn't bring people into the home in case there was a, a dead mouse under a <laughs> oh, carpet. Yeah, that or something you didn't know I didn't about. Know you know, just those yes. simple things. But also, I nearly burnt the house down on several occasions where it wasn't until I actually started coughing with the smoke that I realised the dinner was burning. You know, um, and then uh, with cleaning products when I was. When and I was trying to scrub the house in case there was a smell that, you know, the bleach, I couldn't smell, oh, you know, yes. so there are so like you, you only really become aware of how important all of these things are when, yes. as Emily said, when you when you've lost, when you've lost. Them. And I was watching a report that you were involved in and uh, one of the girls, can't remember her name, um, she said she put popcorn into the microwave. And again, didn't get the smell of burning and ended up yeah. with some glutinous black blob in, in when she opened it up eventually. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, of course, the other element, I think, uh, in Emily's research, um, you know, you were, you were talking about people, mm. the, the smell of, uh, you know, mothers with the smell of their, their children, you oh, know, yes. just those and, and, ah, and yes. memories that, you know, um, spring came and it wasn't announced by the normal fresh cut grass and flowers. It, you know, the, it's all of those simple things. Um, you know. But that's interesting, the memory thing, though. Yeah. Could you not, because, you know, with say sight, you can conjure up in your mind's eye yeah. a view that you once had, you know, yeah. a sunset or a, a sea yeah. view or whatever. Could you conjure up smells in your head? Uh, I, 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 I can't, I can't really imagine what the smell is like but I was chopping rosemary the other day and for the first time I suddenly got a whiff of rosemary and it was rosemary exactly as it should be yes um, and then it was gone but but you know um, then I remembered that's exactly how rosemary should but I can't really imagine it yes it's hard isn't it you smells know. so 20% you reckon you're on I reckon now I've I've got a I've got a variety of certain things the, the funny thing is cucumber is probably the strongest taste that I now have where it doesn't really taste normally. I know it doesn't taste normally. Now it's it's the correct taste of cucumber, but it's a very mild taste normally. Cu- no, cucumber is an interesting one, isn't it, Emily? Yeah, there because is. there's super tasters and non-tasters, and ah. yeah, cucumber so is the measure of that. Yeah, it can be. Yes. You know, so so like you know, we don't all have the same 
level of taste perception. Some of us, uh, you know, as we had said there, cannot be super tasters. And this usually indicates that we have more receptors on our tongue naturally. It's just a genetic thing. And we can detect certain, um, you know, compounds um, in more intensely than others. And, and cucumber contains something um that that is a good example of that, and um, so that's pr- probably what you're detecting. But you're wow. detecting that's that more likely through your sense of taste as opposed to anything else. But um, but it's in, interesting because yeah. if if you say and I'm reading this and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but like people who can taste cucumber are super tasters. People who can't are sort of that's maybe too generalised. That's probably so a bit too, too general. But the fact that Declan thought that uh, you know before COVID that. Cu- Cucumber was, you know, bland, non-tasting. For, for me, it was kind of right. the uh, the also ran in a salad. You know, right, it was yeah. the, the lettuce and, and the cucumber was, a bu- was something to bulk it up. And, it, you know, the flavours were elsewhere. Yeah. But now, for example, if I'm having a salad, I, I'll, I'll often leave the cucumber out because I won't taste anything else. I'll but only the, get cucumber. the cucumber. That's interesting. Yeah. And what does coffee, like, you know, like bitter type like yeah, coffee? I, I, or I, I don't know if you drink beer, like, you know, that, that yeah. would be an example of two yeah. drinks. That so so coffee something that was one of the very earliest things that I could, I could get something from. I can't really distinguish between a good coffee and a bad coffee and I used to be you know I used to like my coffee you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, where, where now now it's just all coffee I'm getting the same thing from it but I'm getting something from coffee so I, I drink a lot of coffee because I, I suppose a, co- a bitter coffee it can be too bitter can't it that'd be yeah, the same for thing certain as a, people, a bad I, coffee so the fact that he can't distinguish between you know smooth and bitter yeah like for, I, think, I think there is about well, there's a lexicon which basically is a language to describe the flavour profile of coffee and I think there's around 108 different words or descriptors <laughs> to describe <laughs> coffee um, but again these are all detected through our mostly through our sense of smell but okay. you'll get that kind of bitter though that ex- intense bitterness associated with coffee yeah. you will detect that but of course if you're not detecting all the other lovely sensations associated with coffee you're kind of just but drinking yeah. bitter water yeah. really yes. like or it's not the same kind of pleasurable experience yeah. that you that would have been previous so so like we're two and a half years on from the onset of, mm-hmm. of covid um so research is ongoing yeah, absolutely. Um, so where are they at? What, what do they know about uh, COVID attacking our olfactory system? Well, I think what was interesting initially was like there was um, like in, kind of in the early stages of the pandemic, de- the pandemic, there was anecdotal evidence um, emerging across the world that people infected with COVID-19 were suddenly losing their ability, you know, to, to, to smell or taste. Now, there's nothing new there. Like viruses have always, like the common cold or, you know, the flu virus always have, you know, imp- can impact our sense of smell. But there was a surge of reports of people experiencing a sudden loss um, of smell, sometimes in the absence of any other symptoms. And what they didn't really know why this was happening, but now they know that it's kind of, they, they, they think COVID-19 was attacking kind of the sensory neurons um, in the nose. So they were either damaging them, you know, which is which caused, uh, you know, smell loss or killing them completely, which, you know, so people were not really re- regaining their sense of smell. Um, now we did... Um, it, when this kind of was ongoing, there was a surge of kind of all these reports. Now the research is very clear, you know, a, a loss of smell or change in smell and taste is one of the strongest predictors of COVID-19 infection. Now, thankfully, you know, earlier variants like the Alpha and Delta, um, you know, about 50% of people that were infected with COVID-19 would have lost their smell or taste. It's seeming as the virus has mutated over time and now Omicron is the more dominant version. The impact of smell and taste seems to be less as only about 18% of people are affected, um, which is a good thing. So it's not. But what this means is that, you know, there's been over 500 million confirmed cases globally of COVID-19 infection. So if, you know, in, in a conservative estimate, we probably have millions of people worldwide with lingering 
you know, smell problems and some people cannot smell anything at all. And um, like you had said, Declan, when we were speaking earlier, like it took what about 18 months for you to anything. to smell anything. And then other people have a reduced smell loss. And then well, we did a, a study at Chagas Ashdown in conjunction with UCD and Sensory Food Network Ireland. And we really wanted just to capture what was happening in Ireland because you Googled Ireland and COVID and smell loss and nothing came up. So we really wanted to get a sense of one, you know, what type of smell loss that people were suffering because you can have something called anosmia which, which is, is complete total, gone right. nothing at all you can have hyposmia which is a reduced sense of smell so you might walk in and say geez like why can't I smell like that is not as strong as it was before and then you can have something called parnosmia which is very prevalent in COVID-19 uh people that have COVID-19 smell and loss issues. And this is basically like a, an altered or distorted sense of smell. So smell, and unfortunately, it's often associated with unpleasant smell. So again, I'm using coffee. How do you spell it? Parbonosmia, yeah. P-A-R-O, uh, P-A-R-O-S-M-I-A. Okay. Right. Um, so this, um, so, and again, there's certain food products like coffee, green peppers, chicken, onion and garlic. Um, they are the main foods that can, kind of trigger parnosmia and unfortunately it's a very unpleasant smell so your morning coffee tons of reports of it smelling like sewage or rubbish Mm. or something like that Um, and again there's another thing called uh, phantosmia which is phantom smells and this is where you can walk into a room and say smell burning cigarette smoke and when we ran um, the survey in the initial um, kind of throes of the, pa- the pandemic we asked question you know to people who are, who are suffering from this you know how has it impacted your, your daily life and we had so many comments just you know from people saying it was so emotionally distressing and um, that they would basically have a permanent smell of cigarette smoke up their nose they had never smoked in their lives it was you know they couldn't sleep with it and that onions and garlic just tasted so revolting or smelled so revolting that they still even as their sense of smell has kind of come back they still can't eat yeah. e- eat them you had some low times Declan. Very, very much. Be, um, you know, there was that isolation, of course. But then, you know, just the simple things like people, you know, saying, you know, oh, you have to try this. or you ha-. And it, it got to the stage where you were tired of saying, I can't. So you just said, oh, yeah, that's lovely. You know, so so there was there was that, you know, there, there was that kind of marginalisation, if, yes. you, if, if, if you could have it. But also, um, you know, trying to trying to trying to find anything at all I ended up eating a lot of sweet stuff because I had that a lot of salty stuff so ultra processed foods so basically I put on about a couple of stone um, and then I started suffering all the health consequences of that um, so so really uh, it gets back to what Emily was talking about earlier I had to start looking at the other senses and you know start looking at colour start getting organic so I could be excited about the person who grew it, um, <laughs> right, you know, okay, and, yeah. and, and rediscovering really, um, you know, we talked about the chilli in, in the porridge. A lot of the things we don't combine is because the flavours don't match. But if you don't have the flavours, well, then why not, you know? So uh, <laughs> every cloud. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so uh, I, I started looking at just quality of food and mm. the textures. And but, but in your, in we were talking about the, you know, the, the, the Facebook group, um, Tasteless Cuisine and the fact that it's a support group. But, but you really became... Uh, a real support group for in a minute in a mental health way. 
Yes, uh, it, you know, it started very much as, um, you know, I, the idea of tasteless cuisine was, does anybody have a recipe yes, that yes, might work? Yes. And it, 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 it moved on from that uh, to, to a support group. There were people really, really suffering uh, mental health uh, issues over it. Yeah. You know, the the, uh, the, the, the parosmia where, where, you know, people were having difficulty getting through the day with the terrible you know smells that they were they they were getting that you know perhaps yeah. weren't there you know um and and uh, i think i think that uh, that was the great thing about social media you know the, the, we we were able to be there you weren't for, on your own yeah, you, you weren't, weren't on, on your own, own yeah uh, now because it, it it's ongoing research is ongoing uh, treatment yeah. Like there's there's smelling salts or, of or sal- smell training smell training yeah right. i think at the moment um that is the most recommended treatment I know more research or more money has been putting in, put into and this And what's the science behind that? So like with smell training basically it, it's quite a, I suppose a simple technique it's almost like physiotherapy for okay, your nose yeah. so you can go to there's actually registered charities in the UK that you know support people that are suffering from you know anosmia um, but you basically you, you can purchase these very strong smelling substances like rose you know or say lemon for instance and you retrain you smell them about three or four times a day and you try to just basically relearn and say well I'm smelling lemon I'll smell uh-huh. it I can't smell it but I know what it should smell like So, so again, is, is this sort of making new neural pathways is that Yeah it? like it's it's trying to like regenerate yes. or re-spark or rewire them so exactly like the brain, that yeah, So yeah, it's right. all yeah, exactly trying to regenerate And have you done the I have. Um, right. I, I started when I had nothing and it, it was a pointless exercise then because, you know, you, you compare nothing to nothing, you've got nothing. But as soon as I got anything to work with, I started doing it. Um, uh, initially, I could get the peppermint because it made my nose tingle. So I was able to guess that one. But, um, you know, there's tea tree, there's, you know, a little kit that you get different ones. Right. Um, and I, I, you know, I can get more and more of them right now you know there are days where I can so it's improving so improving. I think it is a worthwhile exercise when you have something to so, work with and, and just um, Emily you, you're not a medical doctor you're a no. scientist just I'm, I'm saying that because I'm going to read out some oh, text yeah. so, okay, so yeah. uh, you, you and I will decide whether you're you're, yeah. you're capable of answering these questions or not uh, I had complete loss of smell with COVID in the middle of June for two weeks and now can only smell strong smells if I put my nose right in very strange has made cleaning out the cat litter tray less disgusting though says Elaine again every cloud uh, greetings from Boston I lost my sense of smell very briefly from Covid uh, I didn't know it till I realised I couldn't taste black licorice uh, that led me to think why didn't I notice this before what I realised was taste was just one of the senses that kick in uh, I still got texture heat etc it was quite remarkable how many sensations remained and I think I was almost getting a placebo taste from my memories says Russell mm-hmm. interesting uh, glue to radio having lost taste and smell post-Covid in December it's no joke says Anya well, we know that uh, I have been uh, an osmic 19 years I cannot smell or taste anything uh, I was told that I may have gotten one of the earlier non-deadly coronaviruses which also primarily attacked the olfactory neurons this is back in the day mm-hmm. because it is Covid-19 my, my food has to be texture rich and I add chilies to most dishes as otherwise it tastes of nothing so you can identify with that Declan uh, I have a cleft palate and a little smell I can relate to what your post-Covid sufferers are saying I don't smell burning the amount of pots that I've been that I've had to throw out uh, I've lost count of I always end up with pollen on my nose as I don't smell flowers and when I get a bunch 
uh, stick my nose into them and <laughs> so I can get a whiff. And of course, the downside is I've pollen on my nose. Uh, I constantly wash uh, clothes for fear they smell or have to ask someone else. Uh, do I smell? That's well, that's a question we don't want to ask, be asking people. Uh, I had COVID four weeks ago and still suffering from loss of taste and smell. Any advice? Welcome, says Pauline. Uh, so what is the prognosis then? Well, it was a extremely unfunded area of research, you know, um, now there's more money being pumped into it because again, you know, so many people are, yes. are, are you know, have have this issue. Um, at the moment, even on the HSE website, um, the recommended treatment is smell training, but there are a number of kind of clinical trials ongoing kind of around the world. They're looking at platelet-rich plasma and injecting it into the nose and that in very small clinical trials so far has shown promising results. But again, Nothing is conclusive until yes. it's, you know, done in, in a bigger, co- or studied in a bigger cohort and, of people. Yeah, and, and there's loads of research going on. I was, I was reading about it this morning and, and some of them, uh, they, they reckon that it might be an anti or an autoimmune thing that's happening, that our brain is attacking itself. And there is some trials with uh, uh, arthritic dr- okay. that are, uh, drugs that are used for arthritis to try and effect as well. To to see if it, just, see see if if it, it has an impact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time it's a waiting game, unfortunately, as well. Like, as you said, even you're, the fact that you're regaining yeah. some yes, of your well, smell that, that's is very positive. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and yeah. just with that particular uh, listener, um, within our group, we've, we've kind of figured that about eight weeks, if you've still problems after about eight weeks, then perhaps you're in the, I think it's about 10% of people who go on to have longer term problems, okay. according to our small yes. group. Yeah. But um, if it's only four weeks, kind of uh, so the, the only fast. Thing, but the only thing we can say for definite is if you were in the early person's day of COVID and you lost your sense of smell mm. and you still haven't gained it back, is yeah. that, that, you know, at least two and a half years. We don't know it's going to be permanent. There's it, no way of telling. There's no way of telling. No. And again, um, the, the, the support groups in the UK, Absent and Fifth Sense, um, are excellent for anybody that is kind of wondering what's happening and the implications of it. I would really highly okay. recommend and going And it's Fifth there. spelt F-I-F-T-H yeah. sense yeah. as in the Fifth Sense and then Absent. Absent, yeah. They're both okay, uh, very informative. Yeah. Uh, my friend Mark, who has never had a sense of smell, mused many years ago that there was no simple word like blind or deaf to describe the state of having his condition. Uh, he decided to invent one. Uh, his solution was snull. <laughs> you can take this away. He then discussed applying to have it added to the dictionary. Let's start a campaign today. Uh, what do you think? Uh, all the best. So snull. Uh, yeah. So anosmia is what the, it is. But a it, complete it, it, smell loss is where you can. Loss, yeah, yes. it's anosmia. Anosmia. Uh, I had a fall some years ago and hit my head and lost my taste and smell. It was an awful experience. It took about two years to return. Uh, but only mildly says breed. So it, it's definitely smell. It's not taste. It's, it, well, it's, what was interesting initially, so like, as I said, you know, the virus yeah. is, for the you know yes. the common cold flu there's nothing new that you know yes, they can yes. everyone has been you know, there you yes, know yeah. and people say oh I've lost my yes, I can't taste yeah, well yeah. it's not that you can't taste it's that you can't smell Mel, so you yes. could have mucus at the back of your nose if you have a blocked nose but what was interesting about COVID is that there was no obstruction to the nose uh-huh. there was no mucus there was no nothing it was just a, and some people didn't have any other symptoms it right. was just a complete yes, yeah. you know loss um, loss of smell so mm. um, but then what there was also some reports of a loss of taste but Again, it was primarily, it's primarily smell based, um, yeah. smell based. Yeah. That, that, that's uh, the issue. Uh, two more and then we let you go. Uh, my friend has lost her sense of smell and taste after suffering a TIA. Um, isn't that a, a mini stroke? Is that a TIA? I think it is. Uh, would the solution your guest is proposing help? To think? Well, the great thing about this, you know, neuroplasticity is you mm. can, you can sort of 
relearn your brain. You yeah. can rewire your brain and, and develop new neural pathways. So it's, 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 it's worth a try. Uh, I'm here sniffing at the lavender from the garden with some on my desk. The conversation is making me appreciate it all, says Trish. And um, I've uh, parosmia. Is that it? Nine yeah. months. I, I've never had to deal with anything so mentally challenging in my life. Mm. I can differentiate between smells, but the usual tastes uh, and smell disgusting. Meat, fish, coffee, onion, garlic. I've lost weight and my mental health suffers every single day. Until you've experienced this, you can't begin to imagine what what uh, people are going through. It sounds horrific, nightmarish. Mm. Uh, so I suppose... The reassuring thing and the consoling thing is that yeah. there are so many people suffering from this globally. Yeah, and I think that's really that, important. And, and that, that there all is going support groups yes, online, yes. which are you know, as you said, you know, just to go on there, um, and just I suppose you can chat to other people. I think that's just so supportive. I suppose. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then again, there are there is more money being pumped into research in this area at the moment. It's smell training, but again, if you have complete smell loss, you can't smell anything. It's not the best. It's better if you have reduced smell loss that the training works. But again, nearly a waiting okay. game over time just to see if it returns. Right. Uh, Tasteless Cuisine is the Facebook uh, group that Declan has set up. Uh, Declan, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Ray. Um, uh, Emily, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. Um, and that's it. And and that's if, if there's somebody who uh, you might think was interested in that, that would be up as a podcast this evening if, if they were at work or whatever. Okay. 51551 radio the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Text 51551. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Now, bedtime stories, bedtime stories. Uh, Michael Fortune, folklorist, joins us. And uh, you've been telling your three children bedtime stories. Are they, have they grown out of it yet? No, well, the, 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 see, the, the 12-year-old knows the crack now. Right. The 9-year-old knows the crack, but the 7-year-old is still there. And I didn't, I didn't really have her. I had the two elder, the older ones putting them to bed and Mammy had the other one, Aileen had the other one. So now I've got a bit of space with the other one now to tell her the same stories. But, like, come here to me, there's nothing special about what I've been doing. I think Mammy's and Daddy's have been doing it since time began. Putting young lads to bed, getting them quiet, either singing to them or st- <laughs> stuffing them full of lies <laughs> to get them to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah but would you, would you have a, probably... A bigger store of stories than most because that's what you do. You, you collect stories. Y- yeah. Uh, yeah. And did you find that you were going back on stories that you had heard from older people or were you making them up yourself or a bit of both? A bit of both, really, yeah. yeah. Um, my mother at home, whatever, gosh, sure, come here to me, they, they would have all, I suppose, they would have, they were talkers. So they're going to bed as chaps, we were told. But we were, actually, it was never called folklore. Actually, they, would, they wouldn't have known the word folklore. No. Mammy would have called it ghost stories, yeah. old yarns, you know. Yeah, yeah. And even the cousins that would have come down from Dublin, they loved hearing the ghost stories. And sure, like anyone in the country, you never went further than three miles outside away from the house, you know. You, you'd bring your neighbours into it. You'd mention bends in the road or a bridge where the bow or the banshee was seen, things like that. So the world, you know, you actually could relate to the world that they spoke about, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose that's that's been going on since time began. And I suppose our lives have changed now. We've all moved different directions we move further away from where we were and I suppose that's the one thing I was doing I was going back home putting the lads in the bed and but then I was bringing them to literally the field in the back of the house where I grew up right. and sure them like I remember I remember bringing them out to this field and sure it was like bringing them to Euro Disney you know like I <laughs> <laughs> saw a gap in a ditch and I saw where you know where the fox took or we had to go on the hens or where something happened or where you know yeah. Dickie's off area where I met the talking rabbit but sure it's just sure, we're, we're fed on stories sure they go to school they're fed on but, stories but, but you more than most I, I was on your YouTube YouTube channel, you've a hundred stories. 
Yeah, I kind of sat down. I didn't realise I had so many. And uh, I was putting them to bed and I suppose I had my mobile phone in my pocket and I just took out the voice recorder and I said, I might as well do it now because they're so small. And I'm, I'm always collecting stuff. And I said, I better do it with my own little ones. And I suppose if you've got children yourself, when you look back, time goes by quickly. And when you go back and even hear them put their little voices sound like four years ago. Yeah, you know, I, know, way, I know, It's different, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I said, I'll do this now, right? And uh, I sure come here to me. There could be dogs scratching in the door trying to get in. There could be rows going on between the two. But all that's all part of it. And them asking me, tell me that story or don't tell me that story. That's a stupid story. So I would, every night I'd tell them a story. And I, when I sat down there last year and I started at it and I clocked up. There's about 100. There's 100 on, the, on that YouTube channel. And then there's probably a few more now as well to, to add to it because I'm telling the smaller one stories. Give, give, well. us, give us an example of it. Give us some of the, the more harebrained ones. Oh, jeez. They're, they're, they're mad, sure, <laughs> I, I was listening to someone coming up in the car the headphones and I was trying to remember I can't remember half of myself but it'd be times about like me getting you know a t- talking rabbit bringing me into a field or me at the time you know getting called cannon from your mother and you you know we, years ago we always always get money and call cannon yes and then she, when someone went to the toilet then they were able to get change out but you know this kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely ma- mad stuff you know like silly and stuff I was yeah. listening to one of them and there was, was there a little man in a suit on a mushroom oh yeah, yeah. were you okay were you, that was fine there was no no drink or anything <laughs> there was no drink taken <laughs> yeah, yeah she, you'd hear stories especially when you'd be one of the things about folklore is people can try to understand all the, the dry facts right but there's one of the lovely things I love about Ireland like, I always go back to a man in Eden Derry I remember recording and he'd tell you something as fact and then he'll wink at you and you know that <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, little yeah. wink is brilliant and you know the outcome you know you get it then you know that kind of way and it's a lovely Irish way of dealing with it yeah. and even when we were just chatting there a while ago you back you go back to look at the school's folklore collection and you look at the yarns that the, the adults were telling the children they were collecting back in 37, 38 yes. it was full of it was, it was full of entertainment Entertain, mm. if, we, if we take entertainment and a bit of crack of it where it just becomes dry fact you know that kind of way yeah, I have a fear that that's all going to be lost because I was up there in UCD in the folklore department and I saw the copybooks uh, and that's what they did they had special copybooks commissioned sent them home with the kids and the kids asked their grandparents and their parents about traditions and stories and all that they wrote them down and they're all up there in UCD an amazing collection but but now we have the technology to do that you know audio wise and I suppose you've done a bit of it yourself at home yeah yeah well I've been like, that's the, the, the school's folklore collection was visionary absolutely visionary the fact that it's now online and we can search stuff in it yes. that's just incredible the, but, but to be fair like I've been collecting on video since about the late nineties. I use video because I did. I went through went through art college. I developed the skills of having a video camera, and I suppose one of the things I suppose a huge interest in Ray. I had a huge interest in people what they looked like and their accents, and also that messing right. And and, and <laughs> if I had the skills to do that then, and also the idea of not taking the stories and putting them on a shelf. The idea of collecting, recording, and sharing back because yes. it's no good otherwise. It's no good if you bring it off. And I know some people go off and talk about folklore at an academic conference in Helsinki or somewhere like that. But I love going to the hall back to the local hall where you screen it back again and in, like, show it up on a big screen show yeah. it back on the big screen and now yeah. the biggest game changer in my gig anyway has definitely been the mobile phone yeah. I'm able to get into the pockets now of an 8 year old up in Donegal and I put up a saying oh did anyone do such and such on say Easter and you get back the answer in capital locks you know it's kind of way <laughs> <laughs> I did that in Donegal you know the kind yes, of crack yeah. right and that's what's lovely that's become the, democratic, the uh, democratic thing about the whole thing that spread of ordinary people yeah, being part of before that geographically just would have been impossible no. to you to collect all that stuff. No, yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, and uh, yeah, so that's so it's we're in, in, in a good time, yeah, for that. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we were talking about the fact you were we were coming in and we were asking people for their memories of bedtime stories. My husband Michael used to tell the grandchildren stories about King Brian, a leprechaun 
who lived in our attic. Uh, it was the only person who could see King Brian. Also, as the grandchildren lived in Germany and Galway, it was possible for them to speak to King Brian. Uh, we had some great times while they were young. They get a bit embarrassed now when they realise they were actually speaking to their granddad. <laughs> That's Liz Riley. Uh, and uh, my brother and I used to make up stories for my youngest sister, Neve, based on a cuddly rabbit. Uh, she had called Jimmy. Uh, the Jimmy Rabbit stories usually involve Jimmy getting into scrapes with his pals and learning a valuable lesson. One night my brother was in an awful hurry to get out the doors so he could go play football with his friends. So he told a story about Jimmy Rabbit getting knocked down. He literally killed Jimmy Rabbit <laughs> <laughs> to get out the door. Yeah. But it's that, I find it quite taxing. I was just saying, I, like to make up a story from scratch, that's that's taxing, isn't it? It oh. is. And I'd be in the bed and I'd go, Lord, what, here we go. Yes, and yes. I'd say, what did I tell you last night? And I'll tell you, how did it end? And then they'll go, right. And then you'd be saying to him, you want a happy ending or a sad ending? And then want to be, you know, to be to be at each other. But you know what's lovely about it, Ray, as well, is they, they all, they create different pictures in their heads. Because radio is classic for this. Yes. It's just that you can tell a story and one of the children will imagine it differently and one and the other way. So that's a great way for their, you mm. know, for to, to, to fill individuals. And it's impossible to predict what they'll latch on to. You know, you might think you've you, you might think you've come up with a sort of a Pulitzer Prize winning story, and they'll hate it. And then you're some simple yoke, and they go, "Tell me that again, tell me that again." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, obviously, it's brilliant uh, bedtime stories. Whether it's from a book, it's from your head. It, it develops the storytelling thing. And I, I remember a few months ago there was international research. Um, it promotes a love of reading, which is even uh, which is important, and also which is the fundamental thing. It it, it cements that relationship between you and your child, yeah. which, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I only really experienced in the last couple of weeks. I was we were over in Newfoundland, and I had a little one, Nan, with me in 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 the bed. We were sharing the bed together, and the others were off in other rooms. And just I just told her stories. And one story I had going for three nights, and it was fifteen minutes a night. And then for forty five minutes, but a fellow being swallowed by a whale, and he went on a tour around Ireland. Yeah. And sure, but sure, they, she loved it. Like you know, yeah. they love it. But he, you're dead right. Sitting in the bed with them, cuddling, telling a story. When you, I just leave you with this one, uh, the sea monster. It's new on Netflix. It's it's an animated movie, and it's 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 brilliant because it is it's it's that it's a bit it's a bit Moby Dick type thing or not Moby Dick. What's the other guy who was swallowed by a whale? What's that one? Jonah. Is it? Jonah. Yeah, yeah. Jonah. There's a bit of Jonah involved, yeah. but a sea monster. It's brilliant. I think you're, they, they like that. If they like stories like that, great to see you, Michael. Thanks, Ray. Um, and, and we we'll definitely get some sort of a project going where people are recording themselves and we're getting it into UCD folklore department or something like that. We'll do, we'll do something like that. Quick commercial break. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio One. Good market, more breed. Um, thank you very much. Five on five five on radrt.ae. Um, now bedtime stories. I read every bedtime story a hundred times until me and the kids got bored. I then started to make up my own stories and developed a character called Super Ludi. This chap lived in a small village and worked in the local supermarket stacking shelves. In every story, his day was un- interrupted by some drama in the village, and he came to the rescue. Uh, from taming an escaped wild horse to helping a little boy who was being bullied, uh, we often talk about Ludi. And I keep meaning to write the stories down for my children to read to their children in the future, says Elena. That's lovely. And uh, Gurteen, uh, as is the case in many counties, there is more than one Gurteen in County Tipperary. The Gurteen you're referring to is located in the northern part of the county near Ballingarry, of which uh, there are also two in Tipperary's, as in two Ballingarry's. Uh, close to the Offaly border, Gurteen is well known in the farming sector as it is the location of an agricultural college. Gurteen, of course, meaning small field. 
did I read years ago that uh, Black Rock is the most commonplace name in Ireland? Maybe it's Cortine, maybe it's Black Rock. I don't know. I tell you, a man who'd know that. Uh, John Creedon would know the answer to that. Uh, Natalie has been on. She says, I lost my taste and smell due to COVID in early June while on holiday in Italy. It hasn't returned. I'm eating a lot of ice cream. Uh, sorry, I'm eating a lot of cream crackers because of the texture. I have crackers and coffee for breakfast. I do the cooking in the house and add an enormous amount of chilli. I can't taste what I serve and all I hear is the family sniffing while they eat because the chillies are so hot. Breaking out into a sweat and going for the yoghurt. Uh, that's Natalie there. Um, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, let's do reeling in the ears. There you go. Okay, yep, we have two quizzers standing by uh, to answer three questions each and there is a prize and today's lucky winner can enjoy two nights B&B and one dinner for two in one of the four-star hotels in the Ainua collection. Uh, the Ainua hotels include Kenny's Chic, Hibernian Hotel, Dundalk Fairways Hotel, Tullamore Court Hotel, the Hillgrove Hotel in Monaghan and all the Radisson Blue Hotels at Lone, Cork, Limerick and Sligo. Ainua.ie for more info. Uh, hello, Caroline Ryan in Kiln, County Clare. Hi Ray, how are you? Not too bad. Are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. You, 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 you've been around the world and I, I, I. Well, you, you've, <laughs> you've been around Leinster, I suppose. I have, yeah. In, in my whole 36 years of married life. Yeah, yeah so, so you, you you started in Green Hills in Dublin. I, I'm from Green Hills originally. So that's right. where I was brought up. And then I got married when I was 22. I got a house in Clinton Right. Moved from Clinton to Lucan. Out the road, yeah. Yeah, stayed there for 14 years and then we went down to a beautiful place in Wexford called Camolan. Down the road, yeah, come on, I know Camolan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we lived there for seven years and now I'm back in Kilt. Up the road. In Kilt, up yeah. the road. Yeah. Yeah, you're sort of coming back to where you st- from where you started. Yeah, 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 like, I mean, we loved Camolan and it was only myself and my husband, the house got too big and then my children started having children. Yeah. Working in Dublin and commuting every day and then having to come back up at the weekend again. It just got too tiring, so yeah. made the break and came back again. Came back again, So right. delighted to be back. So yeah, 14, 14 and 7. You, you, yeah. th- th- that's if I was a numer- numerologist, I'd be looking at that with interest because it's, you know, the 14, 14, then 7, of course, yeah. is half 14. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's gas. Like, I mean, when we bought our first house, it was number 12. And r- my house, in my, where I'm from, was number 12. My husband's was number 15. And our second, uh, sorry, our first house was number 15, our second house was number 12. Isn't that really strange? Oh, because you, yeah. I, yeah. Th- th- that's mad because, like, I'm not going to give away the address of my parents' house, but it, <laughs> but anyway, well, it doesn't matter. Like, the, the 12 and 24 and 42, all 1, 2 and 4 and 2 have occurred in all my addresses. All yeah. of them. All of them. Yeah. Do you put them on the lotto? 12 and 15 come up a lot for me. Oh, do they? Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't do the lot of yeah. but maybe I put, yeah, variations yeah. of 1, 2, 12, 42, 24, <laughs> all of those ones, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, uh, what are you up to today? Um, I'm, I was out and about all morning working, I'm back at home now, working from home right. uh, for the rest of the afternoon. And, and, w- then and what do you do? Um, I work for a company, we do all less able products as in stairlifts and ramps. And, oh, yeah. and we get grants for people. Oh, brilliant! You know, to keep them at home. Yeah, basically. yeah. So, so you do the whole package. You arrange the, the funding, package. and that's great. Yeah. Yeah, hold their yeah. hands from start to finish. Oh, that's brilliant! Grants and yeah. finishing the job. Yeah. And we've met before. We have. I was at, in the audience at one of your shows there. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, which uh, was great. And you're going yeah. to say something that that I've heard so many times, 
that uh, I'm the image of your brother. Yeah, oh, even <laughs> like I was I was down the country on holidays. I was coming off the beach one day and this woman came up running after me with her camera phone. Uh, you have to get a picture of me. You're the image of my brother, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> and no, and then true. Trevor came up and I got a picture with Trevor and, and like I, I couldn't see the similarity. Like both of us were bald with blue eyes, but that's that's every second Irish man, you know, of a yeah, certain oh, age. No. No, yeah. you are the absolute. And the spit. Okay, right. Uh, you're up against Enda. How are you doing, Enda? Hello. Hi, Tyree. Uh, how are things? I am very well, thank you. you ha- you've had a busy day. List all the things you've day. done. List all the things you've done. Oh, I couldn't even describe. It's funny, actually, because my friend um, Helen, who lives out in Dunabay, myself and herself, today, for the first time ever, decided that we'd start texting each other or Instagram, not texting, what's up? What we're doing. What's happening? I said, you know, yeah. And I said, you know what? When you actually look at it, it sounds like a load of stuff, but you don't think about it on a daily basis. Yeah, but you, but you, 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 you're currently doing the gardening. Gardening. Well, you're talking to me, yeah, but, yeah. You, but you well, did a bit of gardening. You've been for a I swim. Do, I, I've been for swim, pool swimming this morning. Right, yeah. okay. And then you, you've made butter chicken and a leek and potato soup. Well, the butter chicken is marinating. It's not completely oh, made. Oh, it's not done. Okay, it. right, okay. Well, it's made, well, you see, you have to marinate it to make. Yes. So it's marinating. Okay. But it'll be made shortly. And then I have only the potato soup done. Yeah, and actually, I've done bathroom. I've done bedrooms. I've done three loads of washing. So, yeah, yeah I'm basically yeah. a slave. <laughs> yeah, no, but you get days like that, don't you, where you're just, you have the energy and you just, you're you're like a little yeah. Duracell bunny there going around the place doing everything. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I actually, ha- I really had to leg it. I was gardening and um, I have this thing called barrage which bees love it's a plant I did a gardening course last year and it's lovely and the bees love it now we've two hives right. because we had um, I think it's a swarm and my son got a new hive so down the end of the garden there's bees and it's kind of it's real biodiversity and uh, I have to say I had to leg it up to the house because I thought I was going to get stung oh so many bees what's the name of the plant yeah. you have that the bees love barrage B-O-R-A-G-E Borage, B-O-R-A-G-E. Yeah. I must look that up when I go home. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful plant. Right, and it's right. blue. Bees like blue plants. Aha. Uh-huh. I, I believe they can't see red. So in and you know said. They can only yeah, see yellow and yeah. blue. There you go. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, the borage could get multiplied. It's brilliant. It's a gorgeous plant. Right. Okay. Listen, yeah. I could chat all day. But we have to do the quiz uh, and we're running yeah. out of time. So it's it's uh, Enda against Caroline. Please. Three questions each. Um uh, and uh, you, if you go for a long clip you get a point go for a short clip you get two points whereas the most points wins the prize and if the draw on points at the end we go to a tiebreak question good luck to you both here we go good luck Enda good luck okay so Caroline the year is 1983 oh god yeah <laughs> well, and we're, star- we're starting at the movies so do you want to okay. go long or short uh, sure look I'll go short okay uh, this sci-fi blockbuster franchise returned for its third movie in 1983. Can you name it? Here's your short clip. Hey, you awake? Yeah, I just got a funny feeling. Like I'm not going to see her again. Oh God, I wouldn't be good on sci-fi. Is it Star Wars? It is Star Wars. Yes, Return of the Jedi. That was Harrison Ford. Uh, Chewbacca, isn't it? Chewbacca at the end there. That was the giveaway there. Two points for that. Well done. Uh, To you, Enda. Uh, 1983 at the movies, long or short? I have to go short. Short, okay. This film was about a hairdresser who goes to college to study English literature. Can you name it? For God's sake, come in. Oh, yeah. I'm coming in, Anna. It's that stupid bleeding ambulance. I don't want to get it fixed. Well? Uh, what was it, Trinity College? 
Yes, it was shot in Trinity Education College. Research. Yes, well research. done. Yes, uh, it was set in England, but uh, filmed in uh, Trinity College. Michael Caine and yeah, Julie I've Waters. Never t- I watched it so many times. Yes, there you go. Well done, two all. Uh, question number two, Caroline. It's music from 1983. Do you want to go long or do you want to go short? I'll go short. Short. Okay. Uh, this song from a British group was a big hit in 1983. Can you name the group or the song? When we came, love is strong. Culture Club. Yes. Um, I'm a chameleon. Yes, two points there. Well done. Um, Enda. Yes. Music, long or short? Short. Short. Uh, can you name the song or the American man who had a hit with it? Uh, here we go. She's been living in her uptown world. Billy Joel. Billy Joel, Uptown Girl, of course, was a hit for Westlife yeah, as well. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the original there and he wrote it. Uh, for all, flying it here, flying it. Um, we're down to the wire. Uh, Caroline, it's news and current affairs from 1983. What do you think you're going to do? Uh, have to go too. You sort of have, have to, to go, go too. Short, yes. Short, short. Yeah, and put end under pressure. Uh, what famous, oh. what famous US tennis pro was this? He was in Dublin for a Davis Cup match against Ireland in 1983, and he was talking about how he started playing tennis. Have a listen. See if you can spot who it is. Uh, I was about eight and a half years old, and uh, I just. Uh, my family moved to courts, uh, a house. Oh, God. Um, he used to have temp- temper tantrums. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, I can't think of his name. Oh, Mackel. Oh, God. McElroy, was it? No, that's, no. Oh, Jesus, I can't Yeah, you're, think you're, of him. you're 50. Tip my I know, and you're 55% there, but, but that's not yeah, good enough, unfortunately. Yeah, and if yeah. you've been watching Wimbledon, he's one of the commentators, yeah, one of the pundits. John yeah. McEnroe is McEnroe. the name. Yes, yeah. yes, and he was famously yeah. uh, bad tempered. Yeah. Uh, but a nice man now, he's mellowed with age. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so you're on four. You can't do anything else. Uh, Enda, you have a chance to win this now. Um, if oh, you great. get if you get anything, oh great! If you get anything out of this, uh, you win. So, uh, will you go long or short? Oh, I think I go long. Yes, that makes complete sense to me. Uh, right, news and current affairs, nineteen eighty-three. Can you name the famous animal that was taken in uh, this news report from that year? Here we go. They loaded the horse into a horse box they brought with them. Oh, Shergar. Shergar is the correct answer. Yes, Shergar. There you go. One point for that. You're on five. Sorry about that, Caroline. Oh, no problem at all. Well done. Listen, uh, uh, lo- sorry, Caroline. Lovely talking to you. And, uh, and lovely talking to yeah, you. Yeah, we'll too. send you out a couple of radar show mugs. Thanks a million. Okay, bye now. Mind yourself. See you. Bye, bye. Uh, Well done, Enda. Um, You are off to an iNewa hotel of your choice. Um, They're all over the place and you can go to iNewa.ie to see which one you will choose. Um, Wonderful. Thanks, Enda. Good luck with the chicken. Bye now. Bye, bye. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. And now, Lord Deborah... I'll start again. Laura DeBarra joins me now to talk about uh, your home in the summertime, how to keep it cool and jobs that need to be done. Laura's the best-selling author of Gaff Goddess and Decor Galore. Uh, she's wild about DIY and devoted to upcycling. Um, Laura also wants to help you with your cleaning conundrums and interior inquiries. This is the full intro, Laura. So if you have a question <laughs> for Laura uh, or if you're looking for design inspiration, then contact her at rayatorty.ie and we'll put your questions to her. Uh, Laura, before we get to anything, you're getting married next week. I am. Congratulations. 
<laughs> it's been cancelled like because of COVID already a couple of times. So <laughs> I think it's actually going ahead next week. <laughs> I, I, people are going to be expecting an awful lot from your wedding. I, I, I think you know that already, are they, do you? Because you're so together and you're, you, you have so many tricks and so many ways of doing things brilliantly that people are going to be expecting an awful lot. It's going to be a big Listen, production, is it? No. no anything right. I am not doing is working the wedding. Right, I am okay. having, But I, I am doing uh, low waste and I'm trying to make... Uh, Everything's kind of done already. Make it out of paper. Right. Um, I just want to. I just want to be conscious with saying leaving that evening and just saying that to the team that are cleaning it away, all of this can be recycled. What, what do you mean? Everything's made out of paper. Um. So I can't give too much of it all. Oh, sorry, um, sorry. Because my mother will be listening. Yeah. And it's okay. Surprise. Okay. Okay. It's very simple. But I've just um, as much as possible. The decor is on paper, All right. so that that's bringing the color and the personal touches into the room, um, instead of ordering loads online and then uh-huh. having to get rid of it afterwards. Um, I used to do a lot of stuff like that for events before, so it's just been quite fun and it's yeah, it's been really calm just doing little bits like that in the run up to it. So I've enjoyed it. And how many times have you had to postpone it? We've had like three venue cans where we've had to like we've had bookings but we had one almost like ready to go at the very beginning and then um, so yeah it's but like to be honest like we were saying like a lot of people had to get married um, they needed to rush for reason like really unfortunate reasons so we weren't in that situation Uh so I remember saying like we'd just wait till we knew things were a bit safer just people who needed to get married quickly should have gotten let them go first yeah fair enough and then we're getting married in London we just changed it to London then and And how how long do you know himself um, <laughs> I'm terrible at this stuff now All right. about four and a half five I, I think COVID's just thrown me with time um, I think about five years now but, that's a good uh, answer a blind that, that's what I'm going to say to Cork. everything now I think COVID has thrown me with the, the it's dates thrown me. Yeah, thrown me with time and dates and all that sort of thing right okay uh, we're heading into a weather warning this weekend in this country um, where temperatures could be hitting 30 degrees or above um, mm. you are a person maybe I'm sure you have tips for keeping the house cool how do we do so a lot of times people think there's no AC so that's it like they're just going to be roasting but um, I spent a very sweaty summer in New York and some of the stuff that I had learned to do there was amazing you've, you've got the first few things that are just practical that a lot of people know already keep your curtains and blinds closed during the day when the sun is shining in to immediately cool down rooms keep doors closed in unused rooms if you're going to be cooling down rooms don't be leaving the door open afterwards etc that's all just practical stuff it's the same yes. as keeping your house warm but then you've got the little things that when people don't think about so a lot of people the biggest complaint they have during hot weather is when they're sleeping and there are practical um, kind of sides to that don't be sleeping in anything that's polyester that's not going to absorb or wick the sweat away from your body it's going to actually make you even warmer so where you can use cotton sheets have a look at what the weave of your sheet is don't be using sateen for example it's a heavier um, it's a more locked weave of the fabric so it actually makes you warmer and heat up in bed Um, so some people, for example, like are lucky enough to have a spare room where they'll have a cheaper mattress in their spare room. A cheaper mattress will always have more airflow inside it because it's usually a spring mattress and not a gel or memory foam mattress. Uh-huh. If you sleep hot at night, get off your 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 memory foam or gel mattress if you can. Um, and and more airy mattress is good. But mainly use a like a lighter tog duvet, for example. Like I have my, our guest stuff is all lighter tog, and then we use it in summer. Um, and then also you've got like the fun tricks. Like when I was in New York, we used to spray our curtains with water and then close them and leave the window open and it would 
everyone would say that it would blow colder air into oh, the room. Right. I did think it worked because I used to do it when I was sleeping. Then you can do the thing where they say put an ice pack. I prefer that to a bowl of water. An ice pack in a bowl in front of the fan and it blows cold water at you. Yes. But that's not always like something you're going to be doing. What actually you need to think about is hot air rises. If you have a fan, put it on the floor and point it upwards. That's why you'll always see in venues the fans are on the floor, you know, the tilting floor fans. Um, they're the kind of practical edges. Yeah, they're brilliant. By, they're all brilliant. You know, there's stuff that it, like it, it really can't help, but a lot of it is thinking when you're going to work during the day, wear cotton, wear breathable fabrics, wear things that will absorb your sweat, um, rather than kind of breathing it. Like you'll often see people absolutely sweating, but they're in a polyester or something like that. They're small little tricks that you don't have to buy things that you're not going to use all year for. Yeah. You know, like a, yeah. a cotton sheet is always going to be good all year round. Right, great, great. Uh, now you're looking to winter already and you have good tips for people because winter stuff is cheaper now, is it? It is. And also, let's have a think about winter for a while to cool us down <laughs> mentally. <laughs> let's think about being freezing. Um, at the moment, I'm seeing a lot because I buy a lot in bulk in advance for work for different properties that I know that we're going to be renting out or buying and things like that. And I'm seeing it's, it's people are starting, the temp- the, sorry, prices are starting to rise on insulation stuff already because people are going to be insulating instead of keeping their heating on more. So if you see uh-huh. things like that out now, think about it now. Also, draft excluding now is actually really good in the summer because it can actually keep your rooms cooler if you're going to be cooling down a room you don't want warm air creeping in anyway um so and i would also be i know a lot of people at the moment who've been wearing tights all winter will be wanting to throw out ripped pairs of tights at the moment hang on to them for draft excluders like i have a couple of videos on this where how to exclude drafts and put in a layer of insulation on windows these are the kind of things that you can be doing towards the end of summer before it starts to get cold and same for things like mold is a horror during the winter it's really hard to solve it's really hard to air your property it's really hard to treat the mould because you want to keep your windows closed and your heat on so you're increasing the humidity like the dampness in your property so treating things like mould as well this time of year is great also if you have anything any winterproofing to do most contractors I book my winterproofing in in the summer months because it's much cheaper to do then calling a call out emergency during the summer during the winter and another thing if you want to save money in your home on heating next winter Set in your calendar now, once a month, just for three or four minutes, turn on your heating. The amount of calls I get every October and November when people are switching on their heating and the valves have seized up, especially under floor heating. Older boilers somehow can hack it. Newer boilers have these valves in them. They tighten up and then they can't untighten. So just give them a little blast. Give them a little blast. Now we're running out of time because we were talking about your wedding. Um, (laughs) We didn't get to talk about dust mites last week or the last time you were on and you were very upset. So go on. Here's your moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just felt really bad for not answering the person's question because it is something horrible to deal with dust mites don't affect everybody and if they do affect you it's really horrible um, you'll usually get symptoms like hay fever it's really bad if you've asthma as well check with your doctor if you have them I'm not the person to be asking on that side of things but I can help you get rid of them for good so dust mites what's actually affecting the person is not the dust mite itself it's actually the protein from their body parts and their feces in the air basically nice. there's protein in that and that's what affects you so what you want to do is get um, these allergy like covers on your duvet on your pillows and they will trap whatever is inside the upholstery or the 
pillows etc keep it in there and keep it away from you but it will also die off and stop staying active so a lot of people will wash everything clean everything spray everything down but then they won't actually keep themselves away from the dust mite uh-huh. because the dust mite needs moisture because it drinks from the air and then it needs you because it feeds from your cells basically. Dry, dry skin and all that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All that. right okay so that, that's a good one and we're on little things um, there's mm-hmm. a letter to the Irish Times today um, from Ron Foster he says where have all the fruit flies gone this year as they say time flies like an arrow fruit flies like a banana um, but, but I, I noticed that actually before I read that that, that there are no flu, fruit flies around have you found that or, or is this the time of the year for them I think there's less around but I also think that we're at home more now so like as in cleaning things taking them ah, out yes, we're yes. in and out of the like last year we were home more but we weren't leaving things out like I think before we're going out to work now we're back in earlier there's a few days at home etc so I, I think last year we would have all windows and doors open all day but I think this year there's just less in our home because there's less for them to come inside for ah, right. and, and just very quickly five seconds if you have fruit flies what do you do? So don't bother with the plastic and the cling film and all that kind of stuff. It looks horrible on the desk on the, and the countertop. Anyway, get a glass bottle with a small neck. You want to put in leftover wine if you ever have any. That's a sin. And then also like white wine vinegar, something that's really attractive to the fruit flies. Anything that's got a nice acidic kind of smell to it. And then they'll go in, be attracted by it. A bit of fruit goes in as it go in as well. That They love a bit of like rotting fruit. Pop it onto your countertop. They'll go in. They won't be able to come Okay, out. brilliant. Laura DeBarra, listen, congratulations again. Have a brilliant day. And oh, best wishes thanks. for your life together <laughs> you. with, with himself. Okay, see you. Oh. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye, bye. Uh, that's it from us. Uh, drive time's on the way with Cormac and Sarah. We are back tomorrow at three o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday evening. It's the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.